Chapters seven, eight, and nine of Minstrel Weather by Marion Storm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter seven: The Month of Yellow Flowers. From valley after valley dies away the drowsy croon of the mowing machine, leaving to the grasshoppers the fragrant drying hay. Now comes July in many hues of yellow, spreading her gold beside dark backwaters and along a sun-warmed stubble whose various singing life is loudest through these shimmering afternoons. Tawny beauties are abroad in woodways and sea marshes, where the hot air shines and quivers over shallow pools, yellow water lilies float sleepily beneath curved canopies while the lucent pallors of the white water-lily one by one are dimmed moving serenely toward its climax the season drinks the sun and takes the color of its slanting light the flame-lily lifts a burnt orange cup straight toward the sky the yellow meadow-lily bends down over the damp mold it seeks but both love deep woods and blazing suddenly above a fern-bed the rich flowers startle like a butterfly of the andes adrift in canadian forests they are princesses of the tropics incongruously banished to northern swamps but scornfully at ease the false solomon's seal in proud assemblies wears with an oddly holiday air its freckled coral beads always a lure to the errant cow and jack in the pulpit having been invested with some churchly rank which demands the red robe is ready to cast off his cassock of lustrous striped green for one of scarlet the pendant-flowered jewel-weed plant with temperament and therefore called to touch-me-not droops its dew-lined leaves along the travelled lanes for it is making ready small surprise packages of seed that snap ferociously open at a touch and thus intriguing every passer-by into sowing its crop it earns the name unfairly borne by the innocent yellow toad-flax snapdragon which snaps only at bumblebees gaily in possession of the fields black-eyed susan known to the farmer as that confounded yellow bull's-eye is holding her own prepared to resist to the utmost the onslaught of the goldenrod which presumes to unfurl in summer the banners of fall the clear yellow evening primrose scion of one of our very best old english families associates democratically with a peasant mullein stock canary fleck since they both fancy sun and sand magnificent sometimes upon the sand-banks rises a clump of that copper-in-the-sunshine flower the butterfly-weed soon to become as fugitive as our fair lost trailing arbutus the cardinal and the fringed gentian if its lovers do not woo it less selfishly all beauty refuses captivity in upland meadows the orange hawkweed is afoot waving its delirious-colored paint-brush wantonly amid the pasture grass in the light hours but folding it at sunset no sipper of the dews brook sunflowers have come to the edge of the stream but not to look into the waters their sunward-gazing petals are delicately scented surpassing their sisters of the fenced garden the half-tamed tiger-lily haunter of deserted dooryards and faithful even to abandoned mountain farms long since given over to the wild-cat and the owl 
wander by dusty roadsides offers each morning new buds and by twilight they have bloomed and withered like the may rose this is an elegiac flower clinging to lost gardens when all the rest have vanished though patches of tansy herb of witch lore will show pungent golden buttons for long years untended let the forgotten gardener but plant it once how many a little cabin built in eagerness and hope is remembered at last only by the tiger lily may rose and chimney swift yellow sweet clover catching a root hold anywhere declaring the gravel bed a garden makes it happiness to breathe the entranced air the yellow butterflies like leaves of autumn tremble and flurry where the sun-steeped field meets the sweet dark wood among the rocks gleam ebony seeds of the blackberry lily whose star of orange and umber is about to set who knows besides the birds that embroidered on the moss new scarlet partridge berries are ripe hung from the vagrant vine of pale-veined leaf that does not fear the snow only a month ago in this fairy greenery lay the furry white partridge blossom almost invisible but with a fragrance like that of just opened water-lilies and now the green fruit colors to the christmas hue there are no flowers like these the wood fairies wear them with their gowns of spangled cobweb trimmed with moonlight bough apples with a sweetness like that of flowers distilled by the intense sun show the first brown seeds from the high piled loads of hay journeying slowly to the mow fall the dried buttercup and daisies that danced in the mowing grass ceaseless are locusts heavy is the air above the garden where flocks and strawberry shrub tinge it persian sweet clustered blueberries are dropped upon the mountains and in the swamps sometimes over quicksands shows the darkling sheen of the high bush huckleberry the odor of the balsam fir is drawn out and spread far by the heat now the pursued brambles become the blackberry patch the wastelands shine yellow with the blooms of the marching hardhack it is the triumph of the sun and his priest the white day-lily of the cloistral leaf worships in fragrance chapter eight the mood of august the wild cherries are no longer garnet they have darkened to their harvest and hang in sombre ripeness from the twig drowsy lie the grain fields and slowly purpling vineyards the robin in the apple orchard is hardly to be seen among the red-fruited boughs from which the first astrakhans are dropping days of uncertain suns and exultant growing are over a languorous pause has come to the year even the crows flapping away across the windy blue caw in a sleepy fashion not yet hoarse with anxiety because the huskers are hurrying the corn to cover with that penurious vigilance which a crow finds so objectionable the rabbits scampering and wary in the new clover time sit out in the hot sun a good deal now like convalescent patients they will keep this up until the faint noons of november storing the warmth that lets them sleep come winter through many a hunting party overhead the woodpecker knocks with less ferocity stately on his favorite dead branch at the lake's edge the blue-armored kingfisher sits to watch the ripple 
only the grasshopper persists with tragical intensity in his futile rehearsal for the role of hummingbird a satirical italian compares man to the grasshopper but no man is capable of such devotion to baffled aspirations practice in grace makes him more and more imperfect young wood duck with portentous dignity follow their mother down the topaz creek in single file an attentive field class observing the demented lucky bugs the red-lined lily pads of the coves the turtles sound asleep on the warm stones for the woods feathered children this is no month of play and slumber it will soon be autumn and they must attempt the long flight the aspect of the buckwheat fields is august's signet from their golden-rod borders reaches a world of happy whiteness against sky the color of the pickerel weed flower waving softly shadowed only by the plumy clouds the corn is out in top-gallant and if you look from a mountain path into the planted valley the ecru tassels have hidden the lustrous ribbon leaves cornfields are never silent always there is a low swish like that of little summer waves on a lake shore lavender and purple thistles brimmed with nectar are besought by imperious bees and the great blue-black butterfly but already their pale-lit ships drift unreturning under sealed orders to some far harbor in the port of spring more silvery still the milkweed is adrift fleets of white butterflies rise and fall with the sunset breeze and slow twilight moths come from under the brake at the hour of dew white-flowered the clematis and wild cucumber the creamy honeysuckle of the amorous fragrance cover fence-rail and stone wall give petals to the barren underbrush twine fearlessly around barbed wire and festoon deserted barns healing herbs of long ago that once were hung every fall from attic rafters the wild isop or mountain mint and the gray-blooming boneset stand profuse but unregarded in the low grounds we buy our magic potions now once they were brewed above the back log as occasion came in ferny shadows glimmers the ivory indian pipe the wild carrot with delicate insistence takes the field ironweed of royal purple maroon shot mingles in illogical harmony with the blue vervain and magenta trumpet weeds the note-makers name over for us a score of flowers that shakespeare meant by long purples but surely he foresaw our northern swamps in august on fire with these exuberant torch-like weeds that rise tall above the bogs and earn by their arresting splendor against a crimson sky the need of immortality in song they bloom before the katydids begin and survive the first frost a few violets a seed crop not intended for men's gaze and hidden cautiously beneath the leaves are timidly a flower they will not go unwed but would crave to die obscure the last of the new tasting bough apples lie in the orchard grass the later apple trees like the sunning rabbit and the thought-worn crow wait for the harvest moon already the unresting twigs are preparing their winter mail of cork and gum which will not be unfastened by the fiercest assault of the sleep 
short-stemmed flowers have arisen to clothe the sharp wheat stubble along the mountain road grow vagabond peach trees to whose fruit cling eager blue wasps whose aromatic gum traps many a climbing robber other wanderers from the tended orchard cruelly sour plums and rouge-cheeked pears growing among the cornell bushes drop down for the field mouse and woodchuck their harvest of the wilderness some of them championed by the faithful flocks and sunflower once grew in dooryards now desolate the surpassing rose-mallow like sunrise lights the marshes it is not a month of growth fruit and grain are only expanding weeks ago the marvel of formation was complete it is the time of warm untroubled slumber that ends with the reveille of frost chapter nine summer pauses there the slow creek is putting out to sea freighted with seed and wan leaf cardinal flowers watch the waters reddened by their image old gold and ochre the ferns beneath move listlessly up and down with the ripple as spring walks first along the stream autumn too comes early to the waterside to kindle swamp maples and give the alder colors of onyx the lustrous indigo of the silky cornel hangs there in profusion scented white balls of the river bush have lost their golden halos and even the red-grounded purple of the ironweed is turning umber the fruited sweetbriar shows rust falls ancient tapestry the browns of decay worked over with carmine olive maroon and buff is being hung but where the blue lobelia is clustered in the low ground summer pauses a parting sun catches the clear yellow of curtsying transfigured birch leaves and looks back waiting to give september's landscape a hesitant farewell it seems early to go pickerel weed is azure still among the green bogs the fragrant ladies tresses wear the white timidity of april and the three petals of the enameled arrowhead flowers are dusty with gold but seeds wrapped up in brown are scattering remembering yields to prophecy the harvesters of grain and grass have gone and the tinted stubble is full of crickets and monotonous cicadas now the crumbling furrow is folded back behind the plough and corn knives are swinging close to the solemn pumpkins for in cornfield vineyard and orchard and in the squirrel's domain the last harvests of all are hastening to ripeness as the sunset chill gives warning of a disaster foretold since august by the katydid the honey-colored pippins cracked and mellow in the brooding heat encounter the windfalls of october's trees deepening red soft yellow and polished green great sheltering leaves are dropping from the burdened vine every breath tells of fruits drying herbs and the late flowers that in deserted gardens are most pungent in september marigolds tansy and the cinnamon pink pennyroyal and mint are betrayed thorn apples not near ripened are knocked from the twig by south-bound birds still among wine-colored and vermilion foliage the acorn is green though flushed wintergreen berry and red-gemmed partridge vine proclaim autumn along the forest floor the auburn splendors are upon the sumac 
and the burning bush of old-fashioned dooryards where too the smoke-tree holds its haze of seeds sometimes a gentian stands erect among dead grasses a slim signora with a fringe mantilla swirled close about her shoulders in the chilly dusk the closed gentian keeps its darkly impenetrable blue beside the pink-tipped companion stalks of the snake's head fair are the sheathed berries of the prickly ash but daggers to the taste often they grow among wild cherries which juiceless now are sweet as dried fruits from persia and there are black nanny berries with their watermelon flavor and the first spicy wild grapes immortelles are bleached paper-white on sandy hills the nightshade holds berries of three colors passing from brilliant green to clouded amber and deep crimson lake and still upon it hangs the mysterious blue blossom shunned dogwood boughs are gorgeous as a sunset and the thick scarlet clusters droop from the mountain ash the last hummingbirds haunt tanned honeysuckles languid but clinging yet to the sun-world the yellow lily dies on weedy streams if the all-conquering goldenrod hangs the way for summer's passing with the color of regret it has made every meadow el dorado with its plumes sprays clumps and spears spray upon delicate spray the fairy lavender aster has taken possession of the roadsides and fields and before it far into the shade goes the white wood aster mingling with the flamboyant leaves of dwarf oaks and the glistening red seeds of the wild turnip to make september's pageant the scented pale petals of spring the drowsy contentedness of summer's fulfilment and the tyrian dyes of fall are joined the pallid clematis in flower along rail fences still hides the black snake chipmunk and red squirrel sometimes even the unsylph-like woodchuck but the marshes and the branches of the lakeside pines have felt for days past the brief touch of many a strange bird's feet as the vanguard migrants seek regions of longer days finely dressed visitors have come to the blueberry juniper and the monstrous pokeweed of the terracotta stem the heron breaks his profound meditation to engulf a meadow frog for he will not leave until the wild geese with mingled sound of horn and bells press south above the watercourses starling and blue jay stay awhile to oblige with their clatter to the dawn the fur has thickened on the woods creatures the blind might hear september in the uproarious arguments of the crow the despondent cries of katydid tree toad and hoot owl in the air is reluctance pause flaming festoons of woodbine and poison ivy begarland the stone wall summer cannot wait elegiac purple of the aster beckon and the butterfly sleeps long upon the thistle but she would not go now in the month of the first bittersweet and the last sweet pea. End of chapter seven, eight, and nine.